Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hi, I'm Joe Connolly with producer Neil A. Caruso. To find out how the car business has changed and adapted in ways that other businesses may be able to emulate as well. Our guest is Robert Alvine, owner of Premier Subaru in Connecticut. I know if we were in the dealership, we'd probably have coffee bought to us and uh, discuss casually about business. You know, Robert, what are the main ways that you have changed the managing, the running of your business since the pandemic began? Uh, Thank you, Joe. It's so great to be here. We pivoted to a model where we decided, well, let's see, we obviously customers can't come to a showroom. We still need to sell cars so that we have um, uh, an income and we can continue to keep our employees that are here uh, um, supported. And so we went and uh, we we came up with a digital model. And, And quite frankly, it was a model that we had for several years that customers didn't really use a lot. And that's where they could do take the the process and buy the entire car online. And we would basically just deliver it to them. And um, customers didn't use it so much before the pandemic. And then instantly at the end of March of 2020 and April 2020, it became the only way we could do business. And so we, we really learned to pivot quite a bit into that model um, and then as the pandemic went on and and people came back out a little bit and, and some of those mandates were released, we realized that customers kind of liked the process. And whether they like the entire process or part of the process, we wanted to keep that digital process in place. So now we at least can tell a customer that, that we, we're going to sell you the car the way that you want to buy it. Did you have to upgrade the website quickly or was it sufficient to get you going for a while? And secondly, how did you now communicate this new way of operating to customers or did you just wait for them to start to come to you to start sending them emails? Uh, Great question. So we had had um, a process, a digital process online that um, prior to the pandemic that we didn't have a high take rate on, um, but it was there. So we utilized that process 
uh, to be able to start us out into what we needed to do. Uh, we we since then uh, developed and, and came up and, and acquired additional and new software to make it so much easier for our customers. We realized when more and more people were doing things online that that wasn't a sufficient process. So we, we moved a, into a new a software for that. Um, and then we communicated it with people that, you know, um, obviously people were at home. And so uh, they were sheltering in place many ways. And so we used uh, a largely digital and traditional media to help us uh, communicate that process to the customers. With advertisements, that we're here, we're open, reach us any way you want. What percentage of your customers now buy the vehicle completely online and have you deliver it? Uh, and I just went over this with our team yesterday. We're a little over 20% at this point, uh, totally online of all That's of That's high clients. because I read the other day uh, that nationwide, it's still only about 5% online. So do you like, it's not hurting your business? How's business now, Robert? You know, business has been, uh, 2021 was a uh, uh, an incredible year uh, in many ways uh, and a frustrating year because obviously we're impacted like everyone else with, um, with supply chain shortages in the brands that we have um, largely sparked with the, the chip shortages. And so the amount of cars that are being produced was, um, it almost felt like a, a certain time, Joe, that somebody was stepping on a hose where the water can't come out all the way. I mean, you had people wanting to buy cars and you still do, but you didn't have the inventory. Um, and so business has been good. We're managing our customers' expectations. We're selling further into that supply chain um, uh, for that. And um, uh, and I'm hopeful at some point we'll get a little bit more normalized uh, um, production. What does that mean, selling further into the supply chain? What do you mean, selling more used cars? Well, you know, used are obviously there, uh, but into the new car, it was, you know, a year ago, people would be able to go on the lot and pick from one of 400 cars or 300 cars. Uh, now it's, um, they come on the lot and the lots don't have the amount of cars available that we once did. So the customers are now either ordering the car or if it's a car in transit or on the boat, you know, if it's an import from overseas. So it's now, you know, you're, you're speaking with a customer and rather than them taking a car home today, they might take that home in July at this point. And I just want to add that this is a second career for Robert, which is interesting to a lot of people as well, owning the dealerships. And we'll get into the second career aspect in a little bit. But Neil, go ahead. Thanks, Joe. Robert, uh, you mentioned a lot of the challenges you're going through. Uh, on the supply chain, have any of those pressures eased up a little bit or have you found any solutions or a workaround? Well, you know, we've got to keep our variable, our sales operations going. So we've, like many dealers, went into the used car arena and just making sure we had good offerings in the used car arena for that. Uh, for new car customers, it, it, it still can be a rather uh, frustrating time, um, especially people that have uh, an immediate need for a car because that vehicle that they want might not be immediately available. And so we're doing the best we can to try to accommodate those customers and hopefully 
have one of a, several choices for those customers so that we can um, get them into a car and, and help them be satisfied with their purchase. Are we seeing any of it improve? Um, I would think in the in the Korean brands we have, the Korean brand, uh, we are seeing some improvement, um, but in the, the Japanese brand, not as much. Interesting. Now, materials are obviously costly right now. Uh, there's been talk, and I don't know if there's any movement on this, but there's been talk about uh, getting materials elsewhere um, and making them more sustainable. Do you see that as a future? Do you see any markets opening up to get materials uh, cheaper, quicker, and, and avoid some of these challenges? I think there's going to be a, a, an amazing, it's probably being done right now, forensic on this entire thing and the supply chain and materials because you know, this is now we're seeing the complete downfall of the just-in-time inventory processes in manufacturing plants. When the when the raw materials aren't available just in time, there's no stockpiles with them. And I think some last year, if you look at some of the car companies that made some good gains, uh, they're ones that might have had some stockpiles of parts, whereas others that were just adhering to just-in-time didn't necessarily have that. Um, so I do think there is going to be an absolute look at uh, at options and alternatives. I, I do think in many ways that none of us realized um, how many parts are made in so many far afield countries so that, you know, your tier one supplier might have a tier two supplier somewhere else and a tier three supplier somewhere else. And so, you know, depending on where that country was in the pandemic, um, that that could really, really impact everything. So I, so I do think, to your point, there is going to be a significant look um, into that because it's it, it's got to be it's harder to run a retail establishment to run a car company and and, and have a two or three week visibility out to the supply chain has got to be incredible. Right, Joe. So what does it mean then if new cars, many will probably continue to be in tight supply for another year. It means keep um, up your current one, right? Yeah, no, it's. I, I think they're going to be uh, in tight supply. I think you're exactly right for another year. And, I, and the, the unfortunate situation going on with uh, um, uh, Russia and Ukraine, I think, is going to ask a lot more questions right now because there are suppliers that make parts in those countries. And so... Um, I think that the only thing that we can do is is try to provide options and opportunities to our customers, uh, make them happy with the, the the options that are available to them, and and do our best uh, so that uh, we can help them. Can you dealers buy and sell cars between yourselves more than you used to do? If if you needed a uh, a recent model, might another dealer sell that to you or will he want to keep it uh joe we've come to the point where i think everybody is hoarding what they have to a bit because they need the cars and so um we we when there were ample numbers of of vehicles in inventory we would routinely uh swap with another dealer um uh through those good swapping relationships that we have um and i don't think we've done one of those in in uh, maybe close to a year. Yeah. Yeah. Used cars are hot right now. Um, why, you know, is that 
going to last as well. I mean, is that a trend that you see younger people coming in buying used cars? Uh, they're also rising in price, right? They are. Used cars are rising in price because there is more used cars available than there are new cars available. Um, they're rising in price in that regard. The demand is high and um, they're rising in price because the uh, oftentimes the retail of that used car, uh, if you can't get a new one, um, the, the, the market price has gone up to close to where those cars have been new. And so um, uh, do I think it's going to continue? I think you'll see a last year used cars appreciated. I believe it's nearly 30 percent um, in value, which is just an astronomical amount for a depreciating asset. I mean, cars, <laughs> cars go down. They're not supposed to go up unless they're, you know, maybe one of these uh, classic cars back here behind me. Hopefully those go up. But the um, the. Uh, uh, I think this year they will go down a bit, especially as the manufacturers sort out their supply chains and produce more cars. And I think you'll see that the car companies that are able to produce more, those used cars of those brands will come down in, in price a bit. Wow. You know, I think that it's a very good thing that cars last so much longer than they used to do uh, because I'm trying to keep mine going as well uh, until the supply keeps up and uh, it has a lot of miles. How did you get into the car business as a second career <laughs> of all things? Well, uh, sometimes I think I might have tripped and hit my head and then showed, but no, <laughs> I, I, I really love the industry. And I was in the I was a finance major and an MBA in finance. It worked in the in the banking arena. And, um, and interestingly enough, in one of the positions I had, I was um, uh, financing and putting deals together for automotive dealerships around the country and doing credit analysis and learning about their cash flows and things along that line. And I really liked it. And it was really interesting because a dealership is like truly it's five different companies within a, a building, you know, your new car department, used car department, finance, service, parts, and they all have, they all work on each, off of each other. And I found it incredibly fascinating. And um, in uh, 2000, back in 2000, my, my dad actually knew someone that had a small little Subaru store uh, for sale in Brantford, Connecticut. And, um, and I prepared a business plan and, and I was one of many, I think, that tried to look at it and um, took all the all the, the money that I had and everything I could muster up and went and visited uh, Subaru of New England, uh, who's the distributor for Subaru in the Northeast. And um, the gentleman that ran Subaru of New England and owned it at the time, Ernie Bach Sr., looked at my business plan and, um, and actually was pretty impressed by it because I used all my banking knowledge to, to put it together. And uh, and he said, uh, you know what, we're going to give you a shot. And and so uh, he gave me a shot and um, and I haven't looked back and I've enjoyed every minute of it. Wow. And he was a famous figure, one of the first big TV car advertisers, Ernie Bach. And sure. Um, one other question comes to mind. A lot of businesses we talk to have started a new line of business. Uh, restaurants, for instance, are now selling T-shirts and their own recipes. 
I'm wondering, are there any parallel lines of business that a business like yours can go into? You know, we, we've looked at, uh, uh, like, for example, in our parts area, we went back in 2007, we saw a need that people like to order things online. And, uh, and really, automotive parts weren't necessarily something available at, on Amazon or, or a stable supply on eBay or any of those other types of things. And so we... Um, we uh, we went into it and we put our toe into the automotive online parts arena uh, for Subaru. And we did it under a different name. And many, if you went to the website, you wouldn't even know it's us. I mean, we, we really wanted to market it very differently, have totally different pricing, totally different things. And so we've gone deep into that over the last, uh, you know, now 15 years or so. And, uh, and that's like a, a supplemental line, if you will. And we sell parts, believe it or not, all over the globe um, and, um, and have now have a different operation within our operation that goes in and, and handles that. Wow. How do you get the parts? Right. Well, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> Good. You know, it seems that what I've, what I've seen is that uh, during this pandemic, it seems that um, the, the, the parts, the, the most minute part to complete the car aren't available. But generally speaking, the parts that you need to repair uh, or enhance your car are available. So we haven't really been hit as much on those on those items. That's you're taking us behind the scenes of the car business. Um, are all those parts in Brantford somewhere? Yeah, they're wow. in our facility. You know, I want to say you now have four dealerships, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, kind of. Yeah, when you look at all of it, yeah. Neil, that's yeah, that's a great uh, side business, and kind of you know, certainly a supplemental uh, revenue stream there. Um, let me ask you: for those who are interested in getting into the car business, how do you break through? What would you like to see change or you know, revolutionize in in your industry? Well, uh, I'll tell you: when I got into the industry. And, and when you're in the banking industry, you have a great relationship with your customers. And, and my customers are all commercial customers, businesses. And, and they relied on you and you had relationships with them. And literally day one of me owning a dealership and trying to figure things out, I would talk to a customer and they would kind of give me a look like, is this guy saying what he's saying is true? And so I kind of coined the phrase that I went from an industry in which everybody believed everything I said immediately to one in which they believed nothing I said. And so, you know, we've, we've had to, we've had to, you know, morph our way from it because, you know, um, uh, it, there's a reason why customers in the past feel that way. There's a reason why um, people did. And it's not the greatest percentage of automotive retailers. They're good business people. It's the small percentage that ruined it for, you know, could be a, uh, an industry or ruined it for a lot of people. So we have really tried hard to make sure that we have an authentic experience and a transparent experience for everyone. And, and um, in the future, I think uh, obviously EVs are going to change that yet again. Uh, the movement to EVs, the movement in which people want to, how they want to buy an EV, um, uh, pricing on those things are going to do it. And, you know, um, and so it's, uh, 
you know, I guess to sum it up, it, it's a great business and your reputation in the marketplace means all of it. And if for someone looking to get into the business, um, that's what it's all about. It's not about the car sale. It's about the relationship. And I think I took that from the banking industry because, you know, when I was a banker and commercial lender and knock on a company and there'd be 13 other guys with different business cards, I used to say to the owner of the company, you know, we all have the same green money with the same dead presidents on it. And so how do you differentiate yourself if you're the bank? And that's the relationship and the service levels. And so I took that with me to this industry because that's what it is. And, you know, just to wrap up, that also goes back to word of mouth. Despite every social media channel, media channel, it still goes back to word of mouth. And I became aware of your dealership two years ago anyway, when a friend of mine bought a Subaru from you and said, you really got to go to this dealership the next time you're looking for a car. These guys were great. And he told me about Premier Subaru in Connecticut. And uh, I always remember, remember that because it was in a way unusual to get such a strong recommendation. And uh, I could see why you get good customer reviews. Thank well, you very much, Robert. Thank you very much. I appreciate that comment. I appreciate it. And it's, I'll, I'll leave you with one thing that I always talk about, and that is it goes back to when you talked about a restaurant and different things like they might be doing. And I don't want, you know, I've always looked at, you know, I, I, in my own way, how many restaurants have I've gone to and left with a great meal, but never went back because I and so satisfied is one thing, but I want to make loyal is what I really want. And that's what interesting we because yeah. they were not friendly. They were not warm. They or, were or you were satisfied, but you, you, you were satisfied, but you didn't hit that. You didn't get that little extra to get the cusp to, to, to make a loyal fan. And go above so, and beyond. Yeah. And that's yeah. what we want to do. I'll tell you one other car story. One involving restaurants and cars. We did a story once with the owner of a very high scale restaurant, in Westchester County. And we were talking about how he gets customer reviews. And he said, you know what I do? He said, I ask people, how you doing? And they say, what's fine? Good. He said, I go out and ask the valet drivers, what were they saying when they left? <laughs> while they were great. waiting for the car yep. to be brought up. That's and great. That was his most accurate customer feedback that he got. Absolutely. Authentic, right? That's awesome. Thanks, Robert. Thank you all very much. I appreciate it. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect. 
your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.